Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the sovereignty episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. Hello. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, man. These, these topics are really fun to talk about, but at the same time, they're heavy. Anytime Hitler gets mentioned in a podcast, it's like, hello. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so where to begin? Uh, where did you get this lazy man's version of the Omnis? That was, that's uh, about as creative as I get. That was you, huh? Yeah, that was Man, me. quote yeah. that. Yeah. That's good. But it is like, and that's one of the things that actually as we flushed that out in the what the flock episode yeah i see how sovereignty comes to exist is really it's what pastor tater did in the omnis episode where mm. when people keep pointing out the contradictions of my explanation of god being he is love or mm-hmm. he is the omnis mm-hmm what's the end all be all answer I can give that answers away all those contradictions. It's the lazy man's version. One answer to cover everything. God's in complete control. He's sovereign. It's like, I don't, I, it, I, I feel like that answer is I don't want to think about it. I want to think about it. And, and also I don't want to keep having this conversation. Yeah. There's nothing more you can say to me now. It's kind of like the thumbs up in the end and the, you know, when <laughs> yeah. you get a, me- when you get a message and you get that thumbs up and it's yeah. like, Oh, okay, we're done here. Yeah. Oh, so that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> cool. Cool. Like that thumbs up. <laughs> I like the thumbs up a lot better than the doctrine, the traditional doctrine of sovereignty. <laughs> I know we probably shouldn't link it, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, but I get it. It's like that. It's the end of the conversation. It is. It is. God is sovereign. It's over. And I think that's the reason this concept has Mm. leaked into the church for that exact purpose. Hmm. Yeah. So we have this, so we, we, you read these two articles um, and that's just kind of, we are in the middle of this right now where everyone is creating their own God. Right. Like everyone is literally saying, I think he's like this. I think he's like this. I think he's like this. And what's, what's happening is, is that people are essentially like, where did you get that idea from? From, from me, I invented Mm -hmm. God to be that way. Right. And it's like, well, then who aren't you the creator of God? So does God answer to you then? Yeah. Yeah. And it, wait, is that what's going on right now? It's like everyone's trying to be their own God and answer to no one. I kind of think so. Yeah, I think so too. And that's, the the further we get into these, these topics, the more and more the waters are muddied between the strict and loose sides of this these arguments. Because mm. you have in the same statement, somebody saying God is sovereign defining him as such and we can't know it which is the loose side which is the emergent church right so any explanation we do give really we don't we can't explain it 
and we don't want to explain it well enough to where it makes sense because it can't be defined. Wow. Yeah. So it's just the, there are no answers. Literally. It's just a, it's a one word answer and it's just believe what you believe, man. And you know what, since God is love and he's in complete control over everything, you're going to end up in heaven eventually anyways. Man. So don't worry about it. Yeah. So that is the, those are the two perspectives. God's in complete control of everything. So nothing really matters is how you stick both of those together. (laughs) Yep. Oh man. I would love to hear your commentary on what is happening with pastor Richard Tater right now. Oh, so I don't really know what was going on in that phone call. It started off pretty bold telling us we need to repent and mm-hmm. we've, we've officially crossed the line into heresy, hmm. but then I don't know. Was he having a conversation with himself? I think that's what it sounded like. It sounded like he was talking to kind us and then trailing, he was ha- trailing like, off a little bit. Yeah, he's like, he must be an external processor. And he's like processing these, like he's making these statements at us that are based in sovereignty. But then it's almost like he's processing out the contradiction that would be in place because of what he's saying. And he sounded like a double-minded man. He sounded like a guy with a contradiction. So um on the one hand, I'm I'm concerned because you know this was the first time you know, he hung up without telling us we're his favorite podcast, even if it is to hate <laughs> and uh, God bless. He hung up. So I think, I think he's massively unsettled, but you know, so on the one hand I'm concerned, but on the other hand, it's possible. This is, you know, you know, we'll see. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens yeah. with him. I hope, you know, he's been a consistent caller. I hope he keeps calling. We'll, we'll see where, where he goes from here. I, I would want him to know. I think we handled it well. And I would continue to want him to know that we're here. We, and we, re- when we say we're here for you, we really mean it. Yeah. I loved how you said, he, you know, that he sounded like some, like people we've helped off of antidepressants. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool point where it is. He, he sounded like he was getting stuck and Yep. needed to resolve a contradiction. I think that it's really important that we talk about the unconscious confrontation given to people on the loose perspective. Because we, we've talked about it before in this podcast, but again, at no other time in the church has it been more important to ask people what their definitions of the words they're using means because we are seriously living in a time with where everyone could have their own definition of a word and we're going to make a big mistake if we project a meaning onto our meaning onto them or our meaning onto god so i think that that's really important to talk about yeah especially um you know these people aren't reading their bibles Yeah. They aren't studying their Bibles, but they're projecting their own definitions and beliefs onto 
the parts of the Bible that they are using to support their beliefs and projecting onto God. And it's, I mean, again, I think this is all goes back to this mentality of not wanting to be responsible, taking advantage of the benefit of nothing really matters. God's in complete control. When God's in control, I don't, you know, I don't have to answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, the, the flaw in this, look at the, you know, God is sovereign. God answers to no one. We want that same benefit. Ah. <laughs> so what we do is we say, I don't answer to anybody. God must be in complete control. And, and we actually flip mm. and we, we create a doctrine where we're the sovereign ones. Mm. God being in complete control puts me in a position where I answer to no one. Aha. And now what that does is it relieves me of all my responsibility. Wow. This is all the effect that people want is to answer to no one. Right. Right. That that's the result that they want. Okay. So then walk me through it again. So they don't want to answer to anyone. So they have, so they say that, we're saying God answers to no one. Right. We're saying humans answer to God. Okay, right. But humans don't want to answer for anything. Right. So what's weird about this is maybe without knowing it, the non-contradictory definition of sovereignty is applied to the wrong people. We take this because the right definition of sovereignty is answers to no one. Right. The church says that the definition of sovereignty is in complete control over everything. Humans want, don't, we know we're not in complete control over everything. Right. But we don't want to answer for anything. So what we do is we actually take this concept of sovereignty, maybe without knowing it, the non-contradictory explanation for sovereignty, and we try to apply it to ourselves by saying, you know what? We don't answer for anything. Huh. Because I don't want to, because responsible means I respond for who I, for, for myself, for my thought process, for my behavior. Right. I don't want to be responsible. I don't have to answer for that. So how can I get out from under having to answer for anything is I make everything God's fault. Huh? God's in complete control. Oh, <laughs> over I put everything. the responsibility. I put, I put the, the responsibility respons- on God uh-huh. and I get the benefit on me. Oh, so it is. It's this, it's this warping oh. of, Oh man. I answer to no one. Wait. It is. I've so what the church has done is essentially put themselves as the sovereign beings. Right. Because they don't have to answer for it. Essentially, he's gonna answer for me. Right. (laughs) He will. He'll answer to me. Yeah. I may not say that directly, but that's the implication. It is. Because What's the implication is I can say to God, well, you were in control. So why did this happen? God, you were in control. I answer to no one. 
where it's flipped, man. That's totally flipped. Whoa, dude. Yeah. God's going to be the one asking us, why'd you do that, Jonathan? Yeah. And are we going to be able to say, because you made me? <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't. Nope, I won't either. I'm going to hit the dirt, man. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's all about ducking responsibility. It is. It really is. And, and unfortunately, there's there's passages in scripture that take this to to the extreme. If I have the wrong view of of sovereignty, and if I have the wrong view of God being in complete control, God knowing the future down to every minute detail, mm-hmm. God already having mapped out everything I'll ever do before it happens without my say so without me having a free will, mm-hmm. without me having any responsibility, there are passages in scripture that would make God out to be a liar. Wow, yeah. And one of my favorite ones for people to have to unpack is, is from 2 Kings chapter 20. If you look at the story of Hezekiah, I won't go through the whole thing right now, but, but that's the reference point for anybody who wants to study this themselves. But essentially what happened here is we see through Hezekiah's life Hezekiah was sick unto death. He's going to die so soon, soon enough that God tells him through Isaiah to set your house in order. You shall die and not live. Okay, so there's God's being contrasted, right? (laughs) Hey, guys, in case you misunderstood me, you shall die. In case that's not enough for you and not live. Like, there you go. So Hezekiah is going to die. God says this. However, Hezekiah prays. God answers his prayer. Mm -hmm. And he adds, how many years? 15, isn't it? He adds 15 years (laughs) to Hezekiah's life. Even the word add also shows you this is additional from what you would have lived. So here's here's the situation. Hezekiah is sick unto death. Hezekiah prays. Because of that prayer, God adds 15 years to his life. But this started by God telling Hezekiah, you will die and not live. So what happened there? Did God lie? Mm. If God knew everything everything that would have happened before it happened, then God lied. Or worse, God needed to lie in order to bring about the result that had already happened. There are so many contradictions in this story if we have the flawed view of sovereignty applied to who God is. Because what this story shows is that Hezekiah's prayer caused something to happen that had yet to happen and caused something to happen that even God didn't know was going to happen before the prayer. God is sovereign means he's in complete control over everything that ever will happen, that ever has happened. I don't know. I think what we're seeing through Hezekiah's story is we are responsible we do play a part in, in God's will. And the definition of sovereignty 
must be something different than God's in complete control over everything. Man. And we're just keep, we're just keep, keep uh, continuing to make steps towards understanding what his nature is. Why is he doing what he's doing? Yeah. I think by time we get to that episode, it's going to make so much sense because I think hidden in all these episodes is the is the is God's nature hidden in all these explanations we're given on God is love and the Amis and sovereignty? We're going to see God's nature shine through real bright once we get to that episode. Hmm. But I love the, I love the thought of God being sovereign as it relates to Him being the ultimate authority and Him being a being that answers to no one. Right? Yeah, it's just that that's the picture of you know, final judgment, who's sitting on the throne. There you go. It's final judgment. Right. So another way that, that I've found has made this concept of answers to no one a little bit more understandable. America doesn't answer to another nation for how we run ourselves. We used to back when England was still over us. Right. Now we're sovereign. We're our own nation. We're not part of England anymore. And that's how God is. God is sovereign. He doesn't answer to anybody. There's not a higher being than God saying, God, why are you doing what you're doing? How are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. God's credibility is answered for within who he is in his nature. So we'll even see sovereignty. This concept that God answers to nobody is also an effect of God's nature. Cool. Man, that is so powerful. So in this podcast, in the Music of Life Church podcast, we want to go through, um, you know, I ask you how this topic affects different church and we break it down into groups. In this podcast, we can talk about it in relation to people's self-esteem, right. their confidence in who they are and their confidence in what they believe about themselves comes out in relation to these topics. Right. So in the... in the topic of sovereignty, Pastor Joel, can you bring us through someone, how they respond low, mid, and high self-esteem? Yeah, the and the low self-esteem, these were who we identified as the people we feel sorry for. Man, I'll just say it this way. These people are depressed. Nice. Why? Because they hold to a contradiction. And... And what, we're, what we've started to see and what we're going to continue to see and unpack in the next couple episodes especially is having, an, having a non-contradictory understanding of God and salvation are two of the major concepts that need to be handled the right way. If I have contradictions in those areas, it very likely and often, and, and most, I'd say most of the time, it leads to a person being depressed. So these are people we feel bad for. And these are people with low self-esteem. They feel so low about who they are and what they believe that they, they have to, they have depression. It's resulted in them being depressed mm -hmm. and maybe even blaming God for it. The people in this mid self-esteem are people who have a strong enough understanding of who they are and of what belief system they hold to that. I would say is, as it relates to depression, these people are breaking out of their depression. So they are 
maybe you don't have the right answer yet, but they're, they have enough confidence in who they are and in their beliefs to know my beliefs shouldn't have contradictions in them. So these people are on the path to, to not being depressed and to maybe even getting off of antidepressants. And then it's the, the high self-esteem people are people that we know they aren't depressed. They aren't on depression medication because even if these are the people that even if they do have a contradiction in their beliefs, because let me just say this, having high self-esteem doesn't mean all your beliefs are non-contradictory. Nice. But I would say this, someone with a high self-esteem, when a contradiction is exposed, they handle it right every time. They see a contradiction as an, an opportunity to grow and to become more mm. right mm. through removing that contradiction. So these high self-esteem people tend to be people whose worldview is based in non-contradictory definitions. So these people wouldn't be depressed. Awesome. Which brings us to our conjunctive answer, which is? Sovereignty means God answers to no one. That's the, the conjunctive is God answers to no one. Ah, God nice. doesn't answer to anybody. And God is the ultimate authority in the greatest system. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Joel. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.